Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Years before the coronavirus pandemic shined a harsh light on the fragility of long global supply chains dominated by a handful of multinational companies, Kim Bryden founded Curate to connect local food and beverage manufacturers with large institutional purchasers to meet growing consumer demand for local products, empower entrepreneurs, and shift the dollar back to their communities. To meet this ambitious goal, Curate takes a multi-pronged approach, including educating entrepreneurs, facilitating procurement of local goods by large players, and consulting with businesses of all sizes and other stakeholders, such as city governments, to help them reimagine retail and economic development opportunities. Now, after fine-tuning its strategy over the past seven years and working with the Halcyon Incubator, Curate is ready to expand beyond its home base in Washington, D.C. to help entrepreneurs and other communities leverage their full potential and, as Bryden explains, ultimately restore the small business American dream. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Bryden shares what's behind consumers' growing interest in local products and the development of more sustainable and equitable marketplaces, what it means for companies of all sizes, and how the ongoing pandemic accelerated these trends. She also shares details on Curate's help for entrepreneurs and large businesses alike seize this opportunity. Finally, as the founder of a startup, Bryden shares lessons that she's learned and tells where Curate is going next. So despite growing consumer demand for local products in recent years, the food and beverage industry continued to be dominated by large multinational businesses that operate long global supply chains. And while this approach means most of us can find anything we want at any time of year, Bryden says the trade-off is a concentration of wealth and power in the hands of a few at the expense of local economies and small entrepreneurs. In addition, she notes this approach is vulnerable to breakdowns that can cripple the industry, like we saw in the early months of the pandemic when food service dried up overnight and consumer demand at retail far outpaced what the channel could deliver. I am of the mindset that who wants to live in a world where one multinational just buys from another multinational. I mean, I certainly don't, but that tends to be the status quo. And we're starting to see what happens when that's the status quo. We have a global efficient supply chain that devalues labor and cares very little about environmental impact. When global pandemics strike, we have very little understanding on how to scale up manufacturing and processing in our own backyards. And Third, most importantly, money's pulled out of our communities and into the hands of a few, creating more power and wealth imbalance. And, and to me, that does not sound like the small business American dream. As Brian noted, the pandemic exponentially intensified this dynamic, but she adds it also is creating an opportunity for real change that Curate is poised to help push forward. There's a massive change that has been brewing and that our COVID-19 public health emergency just sort of shone a spotlight on it even more. It didn't create it. It just shone a light on it. And, and by that, I mean, I think consumers at large are 
voting with their dollar and shopping their values. We saw this at the beginning of the pandemic when there was a massive um, surge to buy gift cards from your local restaurants to have them stay afloat. There's this uh, cultural consciousness that every day you get to be an investor with your dollar. And knowing that, I think us as consumer citizens are asking of our larger institutions, we're holding, uh, you know, people in positions of power, we're holding them accountable for their actions. It's not just okay to have lip service anymore. We want people to think about sustainability, diversity, equity, and inclusion, all of these things that create a more just and equitable marketplace. And we have this opportunity right now to, to do that. I mean, there's this whole mantra coming down from the federal government of building back better and what an opportune time to say, you know what, this particular system is no longer serving us or maybe it needs to be reconsidered and how can we do that moving forward? And that's what we're here to answer that, <laughs> answer that question. How do we build up a new economic system that's more interconnected and economically vibrant? How do we build in some more of these resiliencies so that it's not just as banking on one system time and time again? Or one supplier for that matter. Curate's answer is to tackle the problem systematically at both the entrepreneurial and the retailer or institutional purchasing levels. As the entrepreneurial level, Brighton explains that Curate is empowering founders and local businesses through education and providing them with tools to scale successfully. So Curate fundamentally exists to shift the dollar back into our local communities by building up an empowered food and beverage supply to meet this changing consumer demand. And what we recognize is that in order for there to be this, the operative words here being supply and demand, you have to tackle multiple parts of this ecosystem. So the first way in which we do this is through curate courses. We often say you might make jam but not know how to run a jam business. You come to us. (laughs) You might be very skilled at producing your product, running your restaurant concept, whatever it might be. But there are so many different levels um, of business acumen that people enter into the food space. So how are we democratizing access to opportunity around education and resources? That's our Curate Courses entrepreneurship curriculum. Um, And we've graduated over 200 entrepreneurs to date. And from there, from that building of this empowered supply, most times people will come to us and say, you know, I'm in the farmer's market, I'm in the local coffee shop, maybe I'm in a local regional grocer. Like, now what happens? Now what do we do? So our bread and butter at Curate is that we are a team of marketers and merchandisers and your go-to market strategy. And again, what this time of our lives has emphasized even more is the importance of diversifying your revenue streams and understanding what it takes in order to tackle each one of those potential verticals. So whether you're going direct to consumer with e-commerce, you want to get into wholesale, you want to open a brick and mortar, what are all of these areas of opportunity for growth and how would that shift your business operations? And ultimately, people get into running their own businesses because they want to in part, you know, design their lives, right? They want to have more agency and ownership of their time and how they're building their futures for themselves and their families. So if you are starting a baked good business and now you want to uh, get into wholesale, do you realize that you're going to have to wake up 
extraordinarily early in order to get that fresh fresh baked good delivery to a retailer to sell your baked goods. You know, what are these holistic things you need to think about when considering growing and scaling your business operations um, as opposed to just doing one-off drops at your neighborhood markets? So we really talk people through, again, what are these go-to-market strategies? How are you thinking about your business operations, your culture, your marketing strategy, your pricing strategy? What do you need on a sales sheet in order to pitch a buyer appropriately so that they're not left thinking, ugh, another one of those small business, you know, another one of those people, like they don't know how much uh, their wholesale case, <laughs> case price is. Um, I have to figure it out. You know, all of these little details that create more credibility and um, professionalism in your business operations so that we can be more confident in being in relationship with one another. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's what business should be. If someone has a problem, you have the solution. They're ultimately buying your solution because it's solving their problem and we need to realize that we're in relationship with one another and how are we building that trust uh, and credibility over time. So our entrepreneurship education goes through these tactical things you need to do, but also how are you building a better business that best suits the life you want to lead. Curate builds on this education by offering real-world connections through its procurement program, which also helps institutions, retailers, and local governments connect with startups and entrepreneurs in the area to support the surrounding economy while also meeting consumer demand for local products. We know that there are these two different pieces of our food supply chain. There's the one that goes into our retail grocery, and then there's another that goes into food service. And so I'm a grocery expat myself, and so I started looking at the alternative side of the food supply chain, the food service side, and realized what were the ways in which those spaces, universities, hospitals, convention centers, corporate cafeterias, how were they handling procurement? And oftentimes those are spaces um, around more public-private partnership where the constituents of those spaces, whether it be students or hospital patients, whatever it might be, are desiring um, spaces that are more representative of the communities in which those anchor institutions are a part. And this led to the birth of our next vertical, which is Curate Connect. And it's our proprietary procurement platform and operating system where we embed as the local purchasing team at those spaces that I just mentioned. And we handle everything for them, whether it's something as specific as we need kombucha to a general ask like vegan, lay it on me. <laughs> and so we're, we're mimicking the same user experience that they might have with a broadline distributor where they only have one person to place an order and one person to pay while accessing a wide variety of goods produced. So we do that on behalf of the local communities in which our buyer partners are a part. So whenever we're integrating as a local purchasing team at these different accounts, again, it might be school systems, healthcare systems, convention centers, hospitality and tourism, corporate cafeterias, co-working spaces, although, you know, CBD on when those will reemerge. Um, and so we're really thinking about the users of that space and how are we bringing even more joy and variety of product to that particular space. So, for example, a lot of our hospital partners 
you might think that the core customer is, are, are the patients. But in fact, the core customers are the staff, the, the employees. And think about how much all of us have been made aware of our, our healthcare first responders and how much they have on their plates, um, <laughs> literally from all of the things that are going on in this world right now. So how can we see food in the way in which we're using food procurement as a way to not just, again, diversify the types of goods in that space, but also spark joy and excitement? So as an example, one of our hospital partners um, in February wanted to change up all of their point of sale uh, to support BIPOC-owned businesses um, in and around the D.C. metro area. And so we put forward a list of products with the price point that they were looking to purchase from, and we then selected a variety of products to put at the point of sale. Then we placed the orders with our vendors, and one of which um, this wonderful woman explained to us that her son had previously gone through a variety of surgeries at that particular hospital, and he said that, <laughs> that he had hoped that their product is lemonade, that their lemonades could be in that hospital and Walgreens. That was his dream. And so she wrote back saying, you have literally made my son's dream come true, and he is someone who has had a life of lemons, and he is the true embodiment of turning lemons into lemonade. And, like, you making this purchase order with us has really, you know, catapulted us in that way. And, and, that, and that is the beauty of transitioning and shifting our dollars back into our local communities, you can see that immediate impact. It's not doing a pro forma and OPEX budget in the millions, but instead these, these purchase orders, you know, a $2,000 purchase order for cupcakes, you know, these really make incredible differences in our community's lives. And so we're here to make that process more seamless um, a seamless integration into these larger systems, again, by being that one-stop shop to find, vet, and source, and place one order, and pay one account by having access to these different local vendors. And that's just one of hundreds of stories that we have and how shifting this dollar makes such an incredible impact in people's lives. Ultimately, Brighton says that the goal of Curate is to have the education and procurement components work in concert so that entrepreneurs going through the education side are funneled into procurement and those on the procurement side have access to learning opportunities and consulting services from Curate to help them grow as well. One reason that Brighton says Curate is able to show up empathetically for both sides of the marketplace is because it is a startup and therefore she understands the challenges and opportunities that small businesses face. At the same time, Brian has professional background on the retail side, and along with her team, brings a wealth of experience and knowledge from the institutional side. But like any startup or founder, Brian acknowledges that she did not have all the answers at the starting line, and has benefited as a participant in the Washington, D.C.-based Halcyon Incubator. As she explains, Halcyon is unique in that it offers residential fellowships but doesn't take any equity in the ventures. What I really appreciate about Halcyon's structure is we're not just thinking through those fundamental tactics of how you grow and scale a business, but we also get executive leadership coaches. We check in on how we're doing 
personally as individual human beings and make sure that we're building resilient and sustainable strategies for ourselves so that we don't experience burnout. And I think that that is a crucial component to anyone starting and running a small business is you have to realize that you are a part of this equation and your health and mental well-being is critical in, in the um, again, that success that you hope to achieve. And so that's what really drew me to them is not just the emphasis on social impact and being a social impact venture, but seeing the humans as a part of the program as as holistic beings. Bryden adds that her experience at Halcyon has also prepared her for Curate's next venture, which is to push beyond its current mid-Atlantic boundaries into Northwest Arkansas, after the Northwest Arkansas Council selected her venture for its $10,000 Life Works Here Talent Initiative. What we're really excited about in that area is it is a confluence of big retail, big agriculture, and what are the areas of opportunity for small business to be more thoroughly integrated into those supply chains. And also, Northwest Arkansas as a hub, what is that five-hour driving radius as spokes around that. There's Memphis, there's Oklahoma City, there's St. Louis, all of these really interesting areas that have really core anchor institutions that are separated from the small business creative class. And that's where we really see our unique solution being really applicable and and again, creating more of that interconnection and economic vibrancy we're trying to attain. In the mid-Atlantic, we're actually growing out towards the Eastern shore Maryland and Delaware with um, a partnership we have with the Chesapeake Ag Innovation Center and providing technical assistance and entrepreneurship education to lots of different folks who touch the food supply chain, but namely farmers and fishers who are wanting to turn towards value add and, and having a product line beyond just the raw goods that they might be growing or harvesting or producing. And so that's a really exciting expansion for us out towards the shore. Optimally, we're going to grow up towards Philadelphia and down towards Richmond to fully flesh out this mid-Atlantic region. And then as we go to Northwest Arkansas, as I was mentioning, that seeing that as a hub with spokes all around to explore what does the Dallas Metroplex look like? How about Northwest Tennessee? What about Missouri and Oklahoma? Where are all of these spaces that we can continue um, seeing how, again, this big and small business divide is existing, that our Curate solution might be an appropriate fit to to bridge those gaps. And one other region that we're really interested in exploring um, is the Raleigh-Durham Triangle area and Appalachia. (laughs) Both of those are, let's say, in between um, the Mid-Atlantic and Northwest Arkansas, sort of creating that main uh, uh, radius for us as we think about our own growth. So if the jump from the Mid-Atlantic to Arkansas seems a bit unexpected, Biden explains the idea came after she went on a cross-country listening tour last October to learn more about how non-coastal food and beverage small businesses and small towns are innovating and adapting. As she explains in a special series of her podcast, The Tidbit, which she calls The Tidbit Takes the Road, she was blown away by the creativity, agility of these communities and entrepreneurs. 
If folks are interested in learning more, they can listen to the podcast series at thetidbit.simplecast.com. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again in the future for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week. Mm-hmm.